Step right up. Get your intermittent fasting. Step right up. Version three, episode three. Probably the best version in a way. Uh, the one that you can really incorporate in your lifestyle and embrace and try to do, oh geez, every day, if not about, you know, 27, 28 days of the month, barring like an event and a, a social schedule that makes you break the time frame that you would otherwise eat and not eat. Intraday fasting, version three. This is where you try to extend the window, the number of consecutive hours that you don't eat. You've got seven or eight blocked out for you already at bedtime, unless you're bringing a sandwich to bed and setting an alarm for every hour to take a bite or something like that, which sounds ridiculous, and bodybuilders do that every few hours, which is ridiculous, and only some of them. The extra dumb ones. (laughs) So just a quick review. Podcast one dealt with the untenable four-day-long fast as the first version. The second version, alternate-day fasting, often done in a 5-2 methodology where five days a week you'll eat normally. Two days are restricted to a few hundred calories, 500 for females, 600 for males, very effective, popularized. And here we are at intraday intermittent fasting, which is something you can just get in the habit of doing. So again, extending how much time you don't eat. You're starting at seven or eight, definitely. And you have to extend that window and you want to gain ground in the evening before bed. A lot of studies show that skipping a breakfast is not really the thing to do and not the way to get more time not eating. But you might look at this equation and say, geez, I'm supposed to chisel this down to 13 hours of not eating, and that's Dr. Joel Furman's recommendation, and that's a minimum. And you could really be looking at your eating for 15 and a half, 16 hours. Supposing you get seven hours of sleep, you eat breakfast very early when you get up, and you have a snack, like, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes before bed. Like, you're eating around the clock too much. So, you've got a ways to go here. And what I want to suggest you do is sneak up on your goal. Don't try to shave five hours off of this equation right at once. It'll be too hard. It'll feel like torture and you'll probably fail. Most people, almost all people would fail if you try to do it that way. So if you've got a seven o'clock breakfast in the morning and you've been eating at 10 o'clock before bed and you got to move that evening number down to 5.30, 6 o'clock, like be washing the dishes at 6. You, you're done eating after 11 hours in your feeding window, 13 hours going into your fasting window, okay? So if you got to get from 10 p.m. down to 5.30, do it over the course of many weeks. Shave 15 or 30 minutes off for the first few days and go from there. Plot it from there. You're going to want to sneak up on it. It'll make it doable. You'll be making progress all along. You've been doing the other thing for decades and decades. So it's okay if you don't get to this for three weeks, right? So long as you get to it. And it becomes a habit that you lock in upwards of 30 days a month, maybe 25, 28, what have you. But here's the mistake. And it's recommended as okay all over the internets. Coffee. And anything else other than filtered water, tea, 
zero calorie stuff like that that's flavored that actually has phytochemicals in it that ping the radar of your filtering organs and put them back to work. It might not have calories, but there's things in it that need to be examined and metabolized. It's not just calories. We always think in the fats and carbs and proteins, and then we overlook the micronutrient part of it. And some micronutrients are calorie devoid, and they include coffee. I'm sorry. When you finally have that coffee the next morning with breakfast, it's going to be that much better. And you can have coffee all the way to dinner. You can have coffee for 11 hours a day. Most studies that show people actually live a few months longer have people drinking five cups of coffee today, which to my mind is quite a bit. So you can have your coffee, just not late at night anymore if you want to do this. Or you can say, well, screw it. I don't want to do this. Fine. Jackass. <laughs> so all your non-water beverages go into your feeding window only and always. And your water has got to be ultra filtered. Look it up online how bad Brita is, how bad pure filters are, how they add copper and aluminum, add, and get your total dissolved solids down to maybe 100 if you're lucky. Zero water is the only filter company that should be allowed to sell product on the market. So get that one or the purified water, in bottles, which of course there's the bottle controversy as well there should be with all the plastic nonsense. But don't overlook distilled. You would not want to drink distilled water all the time because it's totally mineral devoid and you need minerals. But if you're eating good food, produce, beans and fruits and vegetables, you're getting minerals. So now you know how this is most often screwed up, and it's screwed up far and wide. People drink black coffee or what have you, or they say, oh, just 30 calories of almond milk is okay. It's not enough to turn my metabolism back on. And the coffee does, and the tea does, or even tap water. So there you go. Now you know how to intermittent fast. Now get to work on it already. I'm just kidding. Sneak up on it. This is something that has been added to the short list of the most reputable recommendations out there, like Dr. Furman's, who has been recommending nutritional guidance for decades, been at the forefront of what is now really the new wave of your Dr. Gregor's, your Dr. Bernard's, in addition to his greens, beans, onions, so on and so forth, fasting, intraday fasting, 11-hour eating, 13-hour fasting. It's on his homepage, front-page guidance. Intermittent fasting's where it's at. It's time to get into this. Everybody else is doing it. Hmm, sounds pretty hot to me. Oh, yeah, yeah.